I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Hello, how are you? And welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast with me, Ben Barrett. And I know Ian normally does the intro, but things are a little bit different on this particular episode. Because I'm such a nice guy, I've given both Ian and Dave a podcast off. I've told them to have a Sunday morning in bed, have a breakfast in bed, take it easy, don't have to rush out and get going. So I'm taking the reins for this one. Apologies in advance if it all goes Pete Tong a little bit later on. Now, I can't do this by myself, though. I'm going to need a little bit of help. So I put in a call and we've got ourselves a YTFC insider back on the podcast. I'm delighted to say that uh, press officer Sam Collar joins me. Sam, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Very pleased to have a second cap. That's a, it's a big moment for me. Exactly. You'll hit your hat-trick ball next time around. <laughs> Um, thanks for agreeing to fill in for Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Really appreciate it. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about um, the crowdfunder that we've got uh, currently running in memory of our late great captain, Lee Collins. We're going to have a little conversation on how that all came together, how it's going and uh, what we're going to sort of see over the course of the next week or so with regards to you know, the final week of the crowdfunder. We're going to get to that in a little minute or two. We've also got a really fascinating chat with The Terrace, the sports merchandising company that Yeovil Town announced a recent uh, collab with. I spoke uh, with Terrace Carl recently just to kind of get the lowdown on the deal and what can we expect going forward with regards to what merchandise is going to become available, how it came about, and just about them as a company. My house is absolutely full of Leeds United terrorist stuff from the wife, and finally, I can start to even it up. But first of all, before we get stuck into all that, because you're with us, Sam, I've got to ask you about life at Jewish Park. Your full-time press officer supremo now, following in the footsteps of some wonderful previous podcast guests, How's Hewish Park treating you, Sam? Um, very well, thank you. Yes, it's been um, obviously a lot quieter than it has been in recent weeks. So last week I took a few days off and this weekend I'm taking off now. But is this still ticking over? There's still things going on behind the scenes. You may see there's the fun fair going on. I know you won't bend in up in Leeds, but they've got the fun fair on the top pitch. There are still things going on behind the scenes and things that... Uh, and, and nice and exciting. So yeah, it's been it's been a nice few weeks, really. How is everyone down at the club? Have we started to see um, sort of things start kicking back into life? Has the gaffer had a bit of time off? Has he has he been on the phone? Is he coming back in the office now? Well, he says in his um, press conference, didn't he, that um, he'll never stop being on the phone because that's not really work. And that's just talking were his words, I think. But he's been about. Terry's been about. Every. I haven't not seen everyone really. Obviously, the players are off doing their own things. I've seen Joe quickly out playing golf somewhere. And yeah, so they're all 
all keeping busy and so on and so forth really but it's, it's been nice to kind of have that time to breathe because as you can imagine it has been a bit of a, a tenuous season at the club it's been a little bit up and down hasn't it it's been absolutely all over the place so it must have been nice to get just a just a bit of a, a break, a bit of a line in the sand, just to kind of reset and, and sort of go again in the in the near future. How much how much planning for for preseason is 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 now well underway? Uh, I can only really speak from my perspective. And yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, sorry. In terms of sort of how the output's going to look next season, are you well on the way? I've got a kind of a brief idea. I, that's my plan for next week. Really, is to sit down and smash that out because I wanted to take this week just to kind of get back into the office and kind of tick a few boxes and catch up on little things you need to get done. But next week now is my sort of planning for the entire year week. So I'm going to basically sit in behind spreadsheets and stuff like that because I haven't actually had an opportunity to do that yet because last year I was obviously balancing it with uni stuff and so on and so forth. But having kind of the full-time role of it now, I feel like I'm going to be able to do a lot more and kind of build a much vaster content plan as to what I have been in the past. Let me just take you backwards a little bit before we go forwards. I want to talk about that that final couple of games, Maidenhead and Stockport. And I, I, I know a lot of it was um, surrounding the uh, the unfortunate circumstances regarding regarding Lee Collins and his family and all the rest of it. But can I just can I just ask from your point of view, how much of a difference did you personally feel having supporters there regarding not just Lee and 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 all of that, but also just having supporters there to support the team as they go out. How much of a difference did you feel? If we go with the kind of supporting the team aspect of it first, that was massive. I remember speaking to um, Lawson Diaf after the game and we were both saying, like, it gives the players confidence when they beat a man. Like, say, Josh Nerfield, for example, might have then kind of checked back if there was no one saying, go on, go on. But having that then is kind of really encouraging for the players. But then obviously from the perspective of what's gone on with the club with Lee Collins, having that final day against Stockport, which coincided with the release of the crowdfunder, having his family there, it was, it's kind of difficult to call it a nice day, but it was, it felt somewhat conclusive in the sense of, okay, that's not, it's, it's, it's the kind of the only word I've been able to kind of draw it, draw to really, because it's, it felt like a nice, you said line in, in the sand early and it was a nice line in the sand for the season. And I think that's the kind of the way of it I want to look at it because it's not a line under the sand for the situation with Lee Collins. That's something the club will be living with forever now. But it was the opportunity then to put a line under it and make everyone go, right, I can sit back, relax for a week, for two weeks, whatever you need because there's no football now and you can kind of take the time to just spend time with family go and have a drink with your friends, do whatever you need to do to kind of be in the best mindset you can when you want to come back to Jewish Park. And from a, from a club perspective, from a club employee perspective, how much, uh, how much are we going to miss and how much of a tribute can you pay to the, uh, the three amigos who obviously decided to call it a day with us, Dicko, Smithy and, and Charlie Lee? Just to try and, from your perspective, as someone who works with them day to day, how awesome have they been for you? absolutely class every single one of them like say they're always the ones that I know I could lean on for whatever I needed I won't miss Jimmy messaging me half an hour after a match asking for pictures but <laughs> <laughs> um no they are absolutely top top fellas and I think I think I'm sure you watched the interview I did with Dicko after yeah. the um just before the last game and I think that was kind of just showed the kind of bloke he was and, and for the football club and kind of what he meant to and what, how we just understood. You know, when you talk about, you see people on Twitter saying, this player gets it. Dicko got it. And you can say the same for Charlie and you can say the same for Jimmy. They just absolutely got it and understood the fabric of this football club. And they will be sorely missed. They, they will be. Of, of that, there is no doubt. Looking a little bit forward, there are still a few of those characters still at the club. Uh, Wilco's still there. I think, uh, I think we're all excited to see Josh Staunton aren't we, next season? We never really got to see any of him at all this season. He's someone that I'm really looking forward to seeing at the club. And, of course, Tom Knowles as well. What a what a season. What a back end of the season he had. He, he could have had his own goal of the season category to himself in the in the Glovies Awards that we had uh, the last week. It, it's, been, it's been wonderful. So there is still a little bit of that, of that core nucleus there, isn't it, for next year? Oh, of course. Yeah, let's say there is, there is an exciting sort of, core there ready to 
get going and hit the ground running. You've got Josh Staunton now is very much in the latter stages of his rehab, ready to hit the ground running, hopefully in pre-season. And you've then got the likes of, say, Tom Knowles, who ended the season excellently, like you said, and Wilco is Wilco. <laughs> like, <laughs> absolute brick wall at the back, and he's shown it week in, week out. So, say, we're in a really good position, and uh, it's really exciting. And we're chucking players like Bradley and Hunt that are already signed and sealed Quigley up top as well. There's just, it needs, we, we all agree it needs some fleshing out. We need some extra bodies in, but there is there is a core there that you can start to sort of build around, isn't there? Which is really, really good. I feel like I know the answer to the next question, Sam, but I would be remiss of me not to ask, have you got any gossip for us? Anybody, anybody in the, anybody in the signings department? You know, I won't tell anybody if you won't. I mean, you know, just between me and you and the Glover's cast listeners, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to go over nice no comment for now. Oh, no comment. <laughs> Someone's been watching Line of Duty. Yeah, I can't say I've seen that, but nonetheless, no comment. No comment. It's <laughs> not what we want. Let's let's talk a little bit about the terrace. Um, uh, we've got a chat coming up with um, with Terrace Carl in a moment or two. I'm going to fire to that in a moment. But it's a sort of uh, collaboration that actually I think um, the club is really going to uh, benefit from all round. How good was it to to deal with them and, and to start seeing the products come through? And have you got your mug yet, Sam? I haven't got my mug, but I've got my phone case. Oh, so okay, that's good. Yep. What the red and black Bradford's kit, if you're wondering. But nice. um, I have got something. But um, no, it has been really, it's been a really exciting time for the club to have something like that. Because I've always looked at the Terrace's merchandise and I saw they were releasing stuff with Exeter in the past. And say you mentioned Leeds earlier. It's always been really good stuff. And it's, it's a good deal for both them and the football club, which is obviously an important factor of it as well. And that's something that's really good for clubs. It's really good quality products there. Uh, they kind of do tie into sort of the history and the fabric of the football club, but also make things for your sort of fans that may have only been part of the club for the last few years, making stuff with your modern kits and so on and so forth. So it's, yeah, it's been a really exciting time to work with them and I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what the plans are for the future. Awesome stuff. Right then, this is the conversation that I had a little while ago, about a week ago at time of recording with Terrace Carl. He's one of the co-founders, co-owners and top dogs at the Terrace. I'll be back with Simon in just a few moments time to talk about all things crowdfunder. time for something a little bit different now on the Glovers cast. I've ditched Ian and Dave to one side and I've gone out hunting for my own stories. And I'm delighted to say that I've been joined by a man who is going to influence the way every single Yeovil Town fan drinks a cup of tea over the course of the next few months. I'm delighted that uh, one of the co-founders of the Terrace Sports Merchandising Company, Terrace Carl, joins me now. Terrace Carl, how are you, sir? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks Good so much. In. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us on the Glovers cast. It's been uh, it's been excellent to try and just even get you on. It's been fascinating to see how busy yeah, and how much is going on. No, 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 no. <laughs> do not apologise. It's one of our golden rules on the Glovers cast. Rule number three, as we call it. Never apologise for not making a recording or not being available <laughs> to it. So absolutely, absolutely fine by our by our standards. Absolutely fine at all. Thank you so much. We um. I've asked you on basically because after Yeovil and the Terrace announced a bit of a link um, and, and a license agreement, it kind of sparked my interest. And just as a little personal aside, my house has been long filled with Terrace merchandise, but they've all been Leeds United up until now. My amazing <laughs> wife, we've done the monthly subscriptions, we've got the T-shirts, we've got the, the, the cushions, the mugs, the everything, and finally I can start evening it up over the course of the next few months. So on a personal note, thank you for getting that yeah, deal done. Now, haven't you? Exactly. I've got to try and match it up now. I'm interested in the terrace, actually, because it seems from the outside, through watching on social and sort of keeping track of the way that things are moving with yourselves, that you're really making a huge impact on what was already a fairly... I don't know... I'd, Let's, let's take it back to the start. You're making an impact on a market that possibly needed a bit of an impact making, I think is what I'm trying to say. Why did the ter when did the terrace start and why did the terrace start, firstly? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there and it kind of answers the question in the sense of it was, it was kind of long overdue and it was very needed. Um, terrace has been going for 
roughly we've kind of lost track of the time now it's kind of three years ish um and it was kind of it sounds really i say it when i discuss the test with multiple people it's it sounds aggressive but it's not but our aim was always to disrupt the sports retail industry and that's because you know we're football fans ourselves and all of our staff are football fans and you know we all have friends you know the football community and i think it got to a point where people um you get to a point where you realize that and there's nothing wrong with it but club shops are very much club badge set and repeat it's very similar items a new season you know there's nothing more exciting than a new season you step into that new season you go into the club shop and you realize it's still exactly the same there's just a new shirt on the wall and it's um you know the same old kind of items and so on and I think you know you may relate and stuff as well is it's not always about the club badge the club badge carries obviously so much power and the club badge is something that all of a fan base of one club will relate to but we want to and what we wanted to do with the terrace was actually kind of dissect that and really connect to people on an individual basis rather than trying to appeal on a mass basis to a whole fan base it was how do we find our way through the kind of forest and like really connect with someone on an individual basis but apply that to everybody and we went through you know countless different kind of product ideas and trying this trying that and we we ended up coming up with a kit mug and what we found from that was that people aren't buying the product for the club badge um you know in a nutshell we don't need to license with any club because people that buy our products are not buying it for the club badge and that's ultimately what we license for the reason we license is because our ethos behind the brand is that we want to support clubs we want to help them make change we want to help them change them their merchandising methods and change what's available to them and kind of bring them into essentially what is a modern day technology that many clubs probably are stuck in ways of not realizing it's available so when you take that into consideration you know with the kit mugs it's we started with a handful of kit mugs a few years on. I think there's about 1,800 kit mugs on our website now. And it's um, where that connection comes in, though, is, you know, it's kit patterns. It's we upload some mugs and the instant reaction from fans is, well, why have you uploaded that? That's a relegation season. But we're not looking at the honours. We're not looking at whether a team got finished first 17th or 20th it's, it doesn't really make a difference to us what we're looking for is for someone to look at that product and go that was my first shirt I remember my dad wearing that shirt as a kid and father's day is coming up and all these kind of things that they relate to it's not about obviously football fact you know it's a team game and everything but it's about the fan and the individual fan and not even about the fan base so we kind of aim to disrupt sports retail, bring in little things like personalization, adapt product ranges that people have just never seen before, you know, insert our pet bandanas, <laughs> like just stuff <laughs> that people have never seen before. And everything has this kind of retro kit kind of vibe. And we, we look back on nostalgia and fan emotion and connection a lot. Um, obviously, for the longevity of the business, we can't forever rely on eventually we're going to run out of kits to do so you know we've spent the last 12 months really honing in on what do fans connect to that isn't kits and that's where we've started now producing products to do with legends to do with uh, chant based kind of stuff locations around the ground where they drink before the ground all these little things that are, are such an important part of football but would never ever be considered in merchandising um and then I think when you put all of that in a pot together at the terrace, what you get is collections of merchandise that fans never knew they wanted. And when they see it, it's just like, how have we never had this before? Um, and, you know, when you look at a Yeovil, for example, uh, it's down the lower end of the pyramid, shall we say. It's, you know, respectfully saying clubs around that level don't have the biggest of budgets. So you're not going to have the biggest of club shops. You're not going to have the biggest ranges. It's harder for a retail manager or a commercial manager to take risks on products because they can't just go and order 120 mugs of going, oh, yeah, you know, all the fans are loving this player at the moment and he scored 30 goals this season already. Let's go and get all these mugs made. And then 
three months later, three weeks later, he's left and he's signed for another club and they're stuck with these products that they can't sell. And clubs of the lower end of the, the pyramid and even at the higher end as well, they can't take these risks. So that's where you end up with very safe, what we call safe merchandising stuff that even if it doesn't sell in season one, it can still go into season two, season three. And, you know, I'm sure every club, every club's fan always tells us about, oh, there's this product in the club shop and it's been there since I got my first season ticket 12 years ago and they can't sell them and so on and so on. So, um, yeah, I think with the Terrace, it's, you know, it's there because we want to do something different and the whole ethos behind the brand is kind of we we, we build this ethos behind the brand that um, we must always continue to give back to the community that feeds us and it's kind of like, we obviously take from football fans. Football fans spend their money with us. So we try and churn those profits back into the football community, whether it's sponsoring podcasts, whether it's doing all these different things, donating to fans that are doing charity runs. And um, we just feel there's a there's a much better way that football, especially within merchandising, that companies can operate. It's not always about how many millions can we make. It's not about can we make 5 million or how, next year, how do we make 10 million? It's more about well, we can operate, all pay ourselves a wage to live on and make company profit, making one million. We don't have to make five million. So if we do make five million, how do we put the rest back into football? Because ultimately, when you're a corporate brand, it's about the figures that are in the bank account. But for us, you know, I don't think we'll ever reach a point of being a corporate or kind of corporation. But for us, it's more about reinvestment and where we move profits and we reinvest into staff, we reinvest into the unit and so on. So um I think, you know, three years on, we have hit a point now where we've built that core foundation. And like you said, I think we're starting to turn heads. We're starting to kind of knock on the door of the big clubs, the small clubs and everyone in between, as well as the brands. So um, we've we've disrupted, but there's definitely still more disruption to come. <laughs> more disruption That's to come. I like boring. that. I like that. To go on. <laughs> I like no, I like that a lot. One of the things I actually I noticed a little bit that it it wasn't it's not just it's not just clubs that you collaborate with. A couple of the mugs that my wife's got, it's the it's Tom Spark, a Leeds United fan. It's the cool. um, Burley Banksy, and it's it's local characters in local areas producing content that otherwise they may not be in a position to to sell on that kind of level. And that would also fit into your ethos as well, isn't it? It's not just about linking club and supporter but it's also about linking supporter and supporter of course 100 percent. i mean it's like you know there's so many amazing artworks out there for every club there is the graphic designers artists illustrators you name it right down to bands to everybody there's so many creative people that do such creative work but because they're not within this industry or they don't know about retail or the, how the technology works of how they can do it it never gets, it's, you know, they can't, they're literally selling a handful of products when they can because they've not got the reach. They've not got, they can't put it in front of people or they don't know how to set up the store and so on. So we give them a platform. It's kind of like we, our whole business is set up on demand. So we don't hold any stock of any product. You place your order on the website, our guys print it to order. And usually within 48 hours, it's out the door. So I say usually 48 hours because Christmas is a bit of a testing period. but. Um, so, you know, where we sit from is that we can give fans who are so passionate about their club and are so so talented, we can give them a platform to then be selling products. And we've got fan artists, you know, ranging from Tom Spark, Birdie Banksy, and these people have now got a platform to give them a boost, to get them more. And we've had, we've had fan artists working for us, selling through us. And then the club have reached out to them to do a range for the merchandise store. Then we've given them some advice on how to set up their own store. And we actually don't sell their products anymore because they're doing it themselves. But we're quite happy to be that stepping stone and to give, at the end of the day, when we started, we were nothing. And we had no one to give us a hotch up and give us a helping hand and so on. And we want to be different to that. We want to be the company that can give people that kind of leg up, a step on the ladder and so on, because we you know it's quite a cliche saying but we genuinely believe that within football especially retail merchandising and fan culture you're stronger together and it's just if if everybody's succeeding then what's the problem it, 
it yeah. doesn't need to just be one person succeeding or one team succeeding. If everyone can succeed in retail and especially with fan art and stuff, like there's no reason not to do it. One of the things I've 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 noticed is that you've you've started recruiting a few more members of the team recently. Mm-hmm. There's a few more terrace name accounts appearing and stuff. But am I right yeah. in thinking it's still it's still quite a small, almost family like business there's still not many of you running the show is it yeah it's um it's funny you say family like um one of our employ one of our hirings before christmas was my mum so oh. my mum my mum came to work for us full time as office manager and customer service manager and is that Anne? that is that's my mum yeah I've, <laughs> I've, had, I've, I've shared a few emails with Anne. she's wonderful by the way incredible customer service amazing. she's amazing and it is a family like it's kind of this time last year, we had three employees, um, well, four of us, including myself and Paul. Um, if you go back just a little bit further and say 18 months ago, there were two of us. There was Paul and I, and that was it. We ran it. We did everything. And then 12 months ago was four people, and now we're sat on 11. So this shows the kind of growth. And weirdly, that was over the pandemic. And, you know, I don't, I don't like kind of... <clears throat> I don't like going into great detail about us benefiting out of the pandemic because it's not fair because there are a lot of businesses and a lot of people that didn't benefit out of the pandemic. And, you know, it was a very tough time for people, but where shops shut, club shops shut, high streets shut, everything moved online. When restaurants are shut, kids are off school, people can't go on holiday. People have more money in their bank account. So when all buying switches to online and all money is kept in people's banks accounts you end up in a in a you end up in a kind of area that naturally online retail businesses start to boom you can't get away from that and we did no extra anything over the pandemic but sales just went up and because of that we immediately reinvested the profits back into hiring new staff because there's no better investment we can make <clears throat> excuse me there's no better investment we can make than in ourselves so by hiring more staff to do different tasks within the business, it frees up Paul and my time to run the business and to be opening more licenses. So as we've started hiring more people, you will have seen online, we've started doing more licenses because we've got more time to get the deals over the line. Um, but, you know, you've got <clears throat> Terrace Craig is my best friend. Terrace Rob is my next door neighbour. Um, Terrace Anne is my mum. Like, it's you know, we do keep it with a lot of, people that we know and so on and there are a few employees now that we've brought from kind of outside the circle um and i think as we grow that becomes more and more and more um but yeah it's very fast growing i think we're sitting at 11 at the moment and there's a couple more on the horizon i think before the end of the year based on everything continuing as it does let's hope so one of the things i was going to ask is about your little tiny sort of moments of of giving back that i've seen and it, and it starts first and foremost with how many bags of free tea bags do you give away with your with your <laughs> mugs every year i keep ordering and we keep getting a little free tea bag every year how many did you get through uh yeah i think last year we probably cleared around forty thousand tea bags that's a lot of <laughs> tea bags to get in a lot of tea yeah it's just uh you know that's i mean the tea bags is just like an added kind of thank you from us to the customer for supporting what we do because we genuinely appreciate it with every order every single person that places an order with our store is essentially helping me ensure that my daughter gets fed and my staff's wages get paid and their mortgages get paid and so we appreciate it and we i came up with the idea of have a free brew on us with every mug so we put the tea bags in every mug that we sell and i think yeah last year was around about forty thousand. i think it was so we're just trying to tap up a deal now to get them off of a tea company for cheap <laughs> for um, free promotion it might as well do i've drunk more twinings tea than i have done in any other circumstances I know, the, in the country to twinings i know moment. my wife is is a, is a yorkshire tea uh, stalwart so i have to drink the twinings when they come through it's, it's not a problem <laughs> at all um but more than that some of the things i've noticed when and i forget which one because there's, there's been a few i've seen before where a legend of a club has passed away and you've seen mm-hmm. a surge in in orders with that player's name and number or of a kit of yeah. that era. And you've made a decision to I've, I saw um, 
was it when Norman Hunter passed away? You said have we seen a huge yeah, surge? Norman Hunter with Leeds and I think it was McLaughlin with um, Swindon. But um, you also then gave away free T-shirts to kids at Christmas. You keep mm-hmm. doing these little tiny one-off things that you don't really see with other companies. Is that again? Yeah. Again, that just taps into the to the ethos of the company and and, and of you guys specifically, rather than anything else, doesn't it? Yes, it's. How do I word it? It's not but something that has to be done. You don't have to do those things. No, we don't. We don't have to do it in the slightest. We could sit here and you know we could make more money and so on. But it goes back to that whole kind of thing of yes, we're a brand, but we come. We feel lucky to be where we are. We built a business. We're not. We're not. You know, we don't come from football backgrounds and stuff. You know, Paul and I both worked in music for ten years, and this was born from nothing. And we feel extremely privileged and very lucky to be where we are and the size of the business and the brand is. And I think with that comes the desire to try and make change. You know, we, we've given ourselves a platform to have a voice and we will forever use that. And I think, you know, we give kits away, we, you know, things like we did. The, I think one of the things we did through the pandemic that was really kind of made us proud last year was the NHS kit mug. Yeah. So we did the NHS kit mug. It was a football kit mug that looked like the NHS scrubs with thank you written on it, but the customer could personalise it with name and number on the back, so mum one and all that kind of stuff. And all profits went to the NHS foundation. And you know, I think over a weekend that raised 10 grand for the NHS. And it was, these aren't things that we have to do and so on, of course, but <laughs> maybe we come from a different background to your major brands that football fans are used to dealing with but you know if you can do it why wouldn't you yeah it's as simple as that's the kind of how we think it's like we can do it so why wouldn't we it's we can we see someone online that is fundraising for something and we message them and say we'll chuck you a voucher to give away as a raffle prize or something like because we can it's if, if we can do it we we kind of will and don't get me wrong that we, we get flooded with sponsorship inquiries and can you sponsor this team and can you sort kits for this and we can't do it all like we physically can't do it all we'll be bankrupt in a week but it's you know if we can help at the time we will and um but you know at the same time it's not taken away from clubs themselves you know the amount of charity work that football clubs do for communities and stuff is beyond belief i just don't think it's seen yeah. Um, football football fans will tend to follow the official club Twitters and stuff, but they won't follow the community foundation pages. They won't follow the those kind of pages, and they don't actually see what clubs do. And you know, I think that's where we get it from as well, because we do see what the clubs do because we work with them and we see how much they're doing. Like through the pandemic, we saw you know these clubs clubbing together and giving away millions of pounds worth of free meals to NHS staff and all this kind of stuff and. I think because we see, we do see it and clubs ask us for our help with it sometimes that it also gets installed in our ethos that never forget to give back and it just comes as second nature now and that's obviously not, you know, it's no knight in shining armour kind of thing. I think it's I think it's how every company should be. It's, you know, there, there are a lot of people out there that are not as advanced, as not as kind of lucky as us and I think we haven't, I think... <laughs> trying to word it in the best way but I think we have a duty to do that because ultimately football fans are funding this business they are buying in their thousands and supporting our ideas our crazy ideas in products and what we think is amazing and what we want to sell football fans are supporting that they're championing it they're they're telling their clubs to come license with us they're all over social media um they're collecting our mugs like you know, when I was a kid, I was collecting Pokemon cards and Pogs and stuff. And now we've got 40-year-old men collecting kit mugs and displaying them in their cupboards and stuff. It makes my day. And it's like, we have a duty to give back to those people, I think. And um, so, yeah, we do do little things and stuff. And, you know, it's just cool that it gets noticed because obviously, ultimately, we we might be a growing and some people think of big brands and stuff, but ultimately in, in the grand scheme of football and football merchandising, we're still so tiny, like yeah. so tiny. You say, I think, I think it's fascinating that you, that you talk about how tiny you are, but it seems to me that it's now going 
beyond individual teams and clubs. It's now going on to to who knows where. And I was going to ask because, as you've already alluded to, there are only so many kits that you can make mugs out of. Mm-hmm. So you've decided now to start creating your own kits for your own teams. I mean, this is a big step in terms of this is this is taking on Adidas. This is taking on Macron. This is taking on the clubs yeah, that, no, that do literally that do literally kit out clubs. And you're having very serious conversations with very significant football clubs about them wearing your logo for the entirety of the next few seasons. That's a massive yeah, step up, isn't it? It's a massive step up. It's a scary step up as well, but it's one that we've we've worked on for two years, but we've we've just not brought it, we've not made it available until we are ready and we had everything in place to be perfect. And you know, we now use two factories. Um and it gives us the opportunity to actually provide kit supply deals to clubs with, but again, like in true terrorist fashion, we always want to flip it on its head and do something different. So we don't really do templating. Clubs will ask us for a catalogue and it's kind of like, we don't have one because I don't want you buying a kit and then a team up the road buying the same kit in a different colour because it's boring. Like fans are fed up of it. So why would you want to do it? I get it's cheaper, but it's only cheaper because the major brands are trying to make as much money as possible. And we don't see it like that. So we're kind of like, for you know, they're not exact figures. I just pluck any figures out of my head. But it's like when you've got a major kit deal, you know, they'll be looking at it with a target of right, we can make 150 grand off this deal, we can make 500 grand, millions, whatever, whatever size of the ladder you go up to. Premier League, top six, it could be 500 million. You know, they always have a target of how much profit they can make out of it. Whereas right now, where we are, we're kind of like X team wants a kit. We can put that in front of them. We can deliver quality. We can deliver a better turnaround time than any other manufacturer. And we can bring the price right down to a price lower than any they've ever paid before. And I can still make 25 grand out of it. And it's just kind of like, I'm sat there going, so what's the catch? Yeah. But it's because the larger scale kit suppliers and stuff and obviously they have a lot much larger operations to pay for so that's where it all comes into a knock-on effect but they're more interested in oh i'm only gonna is rather than oh, i'm only gonna make 25 grand out of it i'm we sit here going we can make 25 grand out of this and how amazing will it be to be that club's kit supplier this will be amazing like it's and i think that's because the difference between us and you you say like adidas is a macrons and stuff is when you hit those brands, you're hitting people that have been hired to be head of e-commerce, head of chief operating officer, and they've come from moonpig.com to join Adidas or this or whatever. And, you know, they're, they're hiring and they're, you know, they're elite brands that need the best in the business. For us, we're football fans who know what we're doing, have all the contacts we need because of his, you know, long-term music work and manufacturing and merchandising kind of experience. Now we know what we're doing, but ultimately we're sat as football fans, absolutely buzzing. We come into work every day and we're just like, this is amazing. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I sat in work today and I designed a home kit and a away kit and a third kit for a League One EFL club because they want to see, they want us to put a proposal forward for the 2022-23 season. So it's kind of like, and that's the fourth one we've done in the last two weeks. So it's kind of like, you know, between League One and League Two, that's the kind of ones that are starting to turn heads because they're kind of going, hang on a minute. I think fans, it's it's taken a while to get there and realise it, but I think clubs are starting to think, hang on, fans are getting bored of these cut and repeat kits that definitely yeah 13 clubs in the efl are wearing in different colors like we need to bring this back and you know hummel is just nail on head they are smashing it you look at their their kits currently and you look at the everton release the southampton release and even further down the pyramids and stuff and like so much care and precision is put into their kits to make it unique for that club and that's where we look 
we watch that. We don't watch the Adidas's and the Nikes and all that kind of stuff because it's template kits. And don't get me wrong, they're amazing quality kits. It's Adidas and Nike. You're never going to compete with that. But we just want to try and turn it on its head a little bit. The first kit we did was Banbury United because that's who I played for as a teenager and that's my hometown. So when we did the kit supply deal kind of launch, I was just like, I want Banbury United. It's it's it just I, I we will not start the kit supply deal until I've done Banbury United because I want the first one to be something that connects to us. And we did it for Banbury United. We sorted the deal out, and as if by magic, they went through the whole system and got through to the FA Cup first round on telly. Yeah, and our yeah, kits yeah. were on telly, and it was just unbelievable. And you know, for people at your Adidas, your Macrons, and stuff, that's just another day in the office, and they're like, oh yeah, X, Y, and Z on telly at the weekends, and so. Yeah. For us, we're sat in, we're all sat at home in a WhatsApp group going, oh my God, it's five minutes to kick off. Are you ready? They're going to be walking down. We're all absolutely buzzing. And, but we've been doing this three years now and we, we're still buzzing every day. Yeah. And that's because ultimately we're football fans. And, um, and I think that kind of screams through in everything we do, whether it's releasing new products, designing new products, kit supply. People see how, and we get commented on it about all the time on Twitter from football fans going, it literally makes my day to see how buzzing you are about your own brand. Like it's, cause it just makes people laugh because we'll post stuff about, oh my God, who saw our kit mug on Soccer IM this morning and stuff. And we're just like proper fanboying over it and stuff. And I don't think that'll ever change though, because of just how lucky we feel. Do you think that there is an, an end point? Because I, I, the reason I ask that is because is there a not an endpoint? Endpoint is the wrong word. Is there a is there a final boss, a final goal? Because you've even started mm-hmm. branching out into into sort of just leisure wear. I have the the one of the polo shirts. There's you can just buy terrace branded bags and stuff. Is there a is there a point, or does the goal and the sort of the target keep shifting as you go? Mm, there's no endpoint. It never ends, and that I think that's the most exciting element. Yeah, is that I going into the office on Monday, and I don't know what is next. I know what my to-do list is and I know what my current projects are and what I've got to tick off the to-do list and all the emails I've got to reply to and who I'm ringing and my meetings and all that kind of stuff. I know all of that. But I could go in on Monday and a whole new project launches just because we have an idea instantly. And we're such a reactive business that we get... I don't know whether you saw online, we launched a Leeds, United, a Leeds T-shirt the other day. It was like a white... It was We, we oh, flipped the blackout yes. shirt. We did white... The kind of whiteout shirt. And we did white rose on the breast we did stadium coordinates on the hem and it's all hand applied using a flock application by us by hand in the office um that shirt went live and it went live 40 minutes after i thought of it and designed it i'd had the idea for some time but i needed to get it right and i had to think on it and sit on it but the moment i was like right let's test it i'm ready and i tested it pressed it it looked amazing and I was just like, right, and 40 minutes later it's online and ready available for fans. And it's kind of like, we're so reactive that when I go in on a Monday, I have no idea what that week's going to bring. It's, <clears throat> I, you know, this week I came into the office with my week planned out. By the end of the week today, I've suddenly signed off two EFL sponsorship deals, not front of shirt sponsorships, but something a bit smaller. But And then I've had a meeting as well with Utilitor Energy today about some collab stuff. And like, none of this was known at the start of the week. That it was all, it's just kind of like these things just happen and we're such a reactive business. And yeah, I don't think there is an end point. I don't think there's a point where we go, right, everything's running smoothly. This is where we are we'll call it that and just see how we get on for the next kind of five years like there's such an eagerness not just amongst Paul and I but our staff as well so our staff are so enthusiastic about what's next and have you tried this can we do this and ultimately that's who we owe a lot of it to as well as the staff because they're just so enthusiastic and so committed to the brand that it shines through in everything we do. Let me bring it back around then to to Yeovil Town. Um, I was one yeah. of those people who tweeted you, tweeted the company, saying, "Right now, it's time that we link up with." And I tagged yeah. all the relevant people in, and um, it's I, <laughs> quite, I hope so. I hope it's worked. I hope it's doing okay for you guys. Um, 
when a club like Yeovil, the size, the relative size of, 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 a, of a National League club and yourselves come together, you've already mentioned how you're helping them as much as they're helping you, as much as anything else. Yes. How is a club like that, a club like Yeovil, Yeovil uh, the relative size of Yeovil, how are they to deal with? Because in my experience, you're often dealing with one person doing a thousand jobs, probably not too dissimilar to yourself. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, like, it's, you're right. And it's, it's an easy, educated kind of guess to make is that as you get further up the pyramid, there are more members of staff. So when you're up in the Premier League, you have a licensing manager that you deal with. Okay, yeah. When you're down in National League, you have a commercial manager that also handles retail, ticketing, licensing, hospitality, sponsorships, everything. And so it takes a little bit more time to get the smaller ones over the line because you have to respect that they only have nine hours in a day that they're working and so on, or 10 hours, you know, everyone's overworking at the moment. Um, but it, they're harder to get over the line just purely based on time. But our favourite deals to do are the National League and League Two because once it gets done and it clicks you can clearly see how the clubs are just like, this is amazing. Like we just, because it's the, it's the lower down the pyramid clubs that are set in their ways that don't try to jump to a higher level, try new things because they just don't, they just cannot physically risk it. And when we open all these doors and they're like, well, how much is this going to cost? And we're like, nothing. Well, how much is it going to do to try all this? Well, nothing. Okay, well, we want to do this, but we haven't got any designs. That's fine. We'll do them for you. It's kind of like suddenly they're like, it's like a breath of fresh air for them. And seeing how much pressure it takes off their shoulders, whilst also being able to pay them royalties every month, which adds additional revenue to them. And we run a business from it. It's one of the, it's what I said earlier, like everybody's winning, yeah. including the fans that now get a whole new area of merchandise. Yeah. Well, and, and you say a whole new area. I've, I've been in the Oval Town Club shop and I don't think I've ever seen a coaster. Something simple, as yeah. simple as that. I don't think I've seen a coaster. It's where my cup of coffee now sits. But yeah. I'm just I'm just looking now and um, uh, forgive me if, if Glover's Cast listeners think this is a bit of a plug. It isn't. This is not hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored or anything like this. This is just me running through the website. You've got towels. I've never seen a towel in the Hewish Park Club shop in my life. Might have seen a mouse mat, but probably not to that level. It's it's that kind of freedom that you're offering clubs of any size. It's that on demand process, like phone cases is the big one. Even Premier League clubs don't sell phone cases because by the time that you get them in and they're on sale, six months later, phones have updated, they've upgraded, there's new models, and suddenly you've got dead stock before a season's even over. Because we print on demand, we have the ability to actually offer the customer a hundred major models of phones. So you can go on there and there's like 30 versions of the iPhone. And what that allows is to actually cater for everybody. We don't have every phone model, but we have most of them. And it's kind of like that kind of technology and that ability for a club of the size of Yeovil wasn't unheard of before. So we're literally opening doors for clubs and giving them access to stuff that normally Premier League clubs do. And now it's kind of like, you can be down in League Two, National League, and walking into a club shop and they're stocking our items, going online, and there's this whole huge, you know, with Yeovil Town, there's a new license. And as you can imagine, from a business point of view, we have a strategy behind the release. So we and we release an initial range, and then every kind of few weeks, we start to introduce four more products, five more products, you know, and it's a case of then we start going outside of the kit. So I know we'll be working on, Yeovil Legends ranges soon and all these other different things um, we've had a lot of Yeovil fans treating us regarding retro shirts and stuff yes. and there is yeah there's stuff we're working on and it's kind of like we have a strategy that we can't chuck everything up at the, the initial launch because yeah. otherwise there's no reason for people to come back six months later and the whole point of our business is that it creates consistent footfall throughout the season throughout the year not just for us, but for clubs as well. Um, so, you know, come Christmas, we'll be looking, we'll be speaking to you. The plan for me is that with, especially clubs at that level, is that we try to work out kind of 
in-store club installs. So there's terrace sections that have nice. different terrace products on that are exclusive to the club shop. So you, for example, go and buy all four kit mugs off of the terrace website. But then you see us tweet two more and you're like, well, I want those two because I've got the other four but the only place to buy them will be the club shop. So it creates footfall to the club shop. And when you go into that club shop, you might also go, oh, well, it's dad's birthday next week. So I'll pick him up that dressing gown, the oval dressing gown or something. Yeah. And it creates upsells and it creates sales for the club off the back of our products. And again, everybody's winning. So it's um, that's where we're focused at the moment. And I think, um, you know, the oval range is like quite an extensive range for launch. It's one of the more extensive ranges we've done. And, I'm really excited to see that range come kind of September and October time because it's just going to be twice the size it is now. Wow. Plenty to look forward to then for Clovers. Yeah, no, listeners. Really, really looking forward to it. Like I say, I've already begun the orders as each payday comes and goes. I think more will start trickling through as well. Listen, Carl, I'm going to wrap it up there because you've been absolutely incredible with your time. I'm so, so grateful you made time. Like I say, you've been ridiculously up and down the country and you've made time for us here on the Glovers cast. Thank you. Thank you to you. Thank you to Mark Robinson at Yeovil, by the way. I, I, he does occasionally listen. Thank you for helping brokering the deal. So I do appreciate that. Thank you for giving us the terrace as well, mate, because like I say, my house is full of it. And hey, it, it, it makes Christmas and birthdays an awful lot easier. Let me tell you. So Glovers cast listeners, the terrace door.com at the terrace life on the, the socials. No doubt we'll be retweeting them. The club of course will as well. And it looks like there's plenty more to come. Carl, once again, thank you so, so much. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, mate. huge thanks to Terrace Carl for uh, talking to us there. Really, really exciting stuff. I love the talk about the Legends range and the stuff that's going to be dropping over the next uh, couple of uh, weeks and months. I, I am really looking forward to it. Like I said in the piece, this is not hashtag ad. It's not hashtag sponsored. We, I thought there was a story to be told and uh, they have taken more than a fair share of my uh, disposable income at the Terrace over the last couple of years. So that's uh, definitely not one that we're getting as a bit of a freebie. Sam, welcome back. Thank you so much. Uh, for joining us it's time now for us to talk a little bit about something that i think means an awful lot to a lot of people and that is the crowdfunder that was set up by the club and in association with all of uh, lee collins's former clubs to raise some money for his family and for the charity the young minds um first of all sam as a part of the team that put this together firstly thank you um, congratulations, first and foremost. Tell us a little bit about when this idea came to uh, came to fruition. Who started the conversations, and and how did it get to the launch? I think it would come as no surprise that Darren Siles started these conversations yep. from the way he's acted from since what happened happened to now has been nothing short of spectacular. Yep. Um, the first I personally heard of it was when we did the minutes applause from just club staff around the center circle was the first time I'd heard about the plans for the crowdfunder. And with the sort of the busy period, it felt right to release it the week we'd have fans back. So yeah. Stockport game. Um, so that sort of coincided really and put that together. It's been, it's been a pretty manic week, especially the week it came out with sort of dealing with press for Darren because obviously wanted to spread it to as many people as possible. So that meant recording as many interviews with as many outlets as possible. So it was, it was a really important time to kind of provide that platform for it. And we'll be giving it a massive push once again in its final week. Well, that's it. At time of recording, there's a little over a week to go, 10 days left at time of recording. By the time you listen to this, it'll be more likely to be exactly seven days left. I, I should just say, Sam, I don't know if you've noticed, but this morning, uh, as we talked on, on Friday morning, it's just topped £8,000, literally this morning, which is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful effort. Um, how, how good was it to get the reaction from other clubs that Lee had, had played for? Pretty much every one of them gave it some, some support on websites, whether it be through their own articles or, or through their social medias. But everyone seemed to really rally around this. Yeah, and that's massive, I think. it's Because he's not just a Yeovil Town 
icon now. He's massive at Forest Green Rovers, Mansfield yeah. Town, Northampton Town, even going back to Hereford or something, got promoted there. So having that unity, which obviously is the achieved by unity with the football club, but having that unity spread beyond that and go to his previous clubs. And it just shows the mark of what he left at each of those clubs because you'd see the fans donated and talking about their memories of Lee Collins. And it was it was quite emotional to read, but it was really heartwarming to know he did touch those that many people. Yeah, I'm just looking now and there's uh, little comments left on some of the uh, on some of the donations from his other clubs up the stags and things like that. And that's really, really nice. I, I do want to give a quick mention to Stockport County. I know you gave him some oh. some appreciation on social media, but the actual football club as a whole pledging 500 pounds off the back of that that final day. I think that was a very nice touch and they should be they should be given some some praise for that. So thank you, Stockport. Well played. Of course, yeah, they have to be commended for that. That's outstanding. And they I must say they conducted themselves excellently that day. They came, they did their job on the pitch, but off the pitch they are outstanding as well. And I can't commend them more and praise them highly enough because it was a really, really good gesture of them. Is it worth giving a a, a bit of a shout out to to Boreham Wood, who of course played us in the very first game after after the break following Lee's passing. But I felt like there was a there was a real nice touch there. They gave us, uh, I think it was a bunch of flowers and things. The, the response from other clubs has been really, really good, hasn't it? Even even Maidenhead, when we played that nil-nil, that spontaneous fourth-minute applause, which was one of the most emotional moments possibly ever. I mean, Ian, uh, uh, Ian was there and he said it was absolutely sensational. But other clubs have really rallied around us when we needed them yes it's been it's been massive isn't it and I, I was writing a piece about Lee for the program in the National League playoff final and I wrote from Liverpool to Hanley Town we had messages because we did it's yeah. been all encompassing from the football world and you mentioned Boreham Wood there they were also excellent on the day Maidenhead United as well I'm sure they were supporting from the stream and I think I saw some of their fans actually donate into the crowdfunder as well so it's been a a massive unified effort from the football world to kind of rally behind these family and young minds. And it's, yeah, it's really emotive and, but really, really great to see. It really is great to see. I'm, I'm yeah. It's one of those wonderful, wonderful things. Let's talk a little bit about uh, young minds, the charity themselves. Uh, and it's worth noting. We did approach young minds to come on the Glover's cast. Unfortunately, our schedules just would not sync up to get somebody on. Unfortunately, if they do provide us with a statement or a thank you message or whatever it may be, we will put that on gloverscast.co.uk. Don't need to worry about that. We will get hold of them. Sam, tell us a little bit about young minds, why they were chosen and what they do that is so good and, and worthy of getting the, uh, the money out of this crowdfunding. So, Darren was very keen to have it be a charity for young people and working within mental health because it was more about less about the cure and more about prevention. If you can stop it in its tracks early doors, that will lead to a hopefully a healthier life mentally. So for us, that was something that was really important. So from that, I went out and I had a look finding some mental health charities, both local and national. And because Lee played for clubs over the country, I only felt right to go with a, a national mental health for young people's um, charity and that was Young Minds in the end. I'm just having a look over the website now. They've got a really bold uh, mission statement about, uh, like you say, uh, getting to people, not necessarily curing a mental illness, but just trying to intercept along the way. Their purpose to says to stop young people's mental health reaching crisis point, getting to people before they do it. Uh, a world where no young person needs to feel alone with their mental health, to make sure all young people can get the mental health support they need it when they need it, no matter what and it's such a simple uh, message but it's not necessarily particularly easy to deliver is it, it it's such a a strange uh, topic to kind of discuss but actually a really important one that we can all do a little bit better at. of course we can and it's it is very difficult like you say because everyone's brain is different and everyone thinks differently so it's very hard to put yourself say sometimes in someone else's shoes to understand how they react to something but uh but to educate from a, a younger age and work with younger people that will only help and assist that going forward and create a much better environment to discuss men's wealth and that's so important and one of the key reasons why we decided to work with young minds because creating a better environment for the future is so so important both with within football outside of football whatever it's just it's just absolutely massive to us 
I'm just having a, a little flick through the website again and the amount of resources they've got available for different people in different scenarios is really fantastic. So they've got school resources. So if you are uh, a teacher in a school and a, a teaching assistant, maybe, or someone who knows that they have a lot to do with sort of, I don't know, parent teacher conferences or whatever it may be, there's school resources. There's just st statistics and analysis. There's there's the simple booklets, leaflets and, and posters and whatnot. There are sort of um, fundraising ideas and fundraising kits, but at the same time, they've got um, helplines, a parent's helpline. I think that's the scariest bit, isn't it? When you've got a young person showing symptoms and you don't really know what to do because I, I don't think I would know what to do in the immediate, in the immediate uh, sort of nature. If I, if, if my son were to grow up and, and to show symptoms and, and I wouldn't know what, what to do, I imagine there are so many parents who are in that same situation, especially at the moment with a pandemic, with lockdown, with isolation stuff. So there's things not just for the young people, but for parents, but for people who deal with young people as well. And I think that's a, a really interesting, a really interesting resource, a, a, a social resource that actually anyone can get to, uh, can get help with they do have urgent help um contacts and things like that if you are feeling really really low and need some immediate help so for me it does feel like a, a wonderful a wonderful charity and a project to get on board with sam there are seven days to go give or take depending on when our listeners are listening to this uh crowd uh, to this podcast with the crowdfunder a little under two thousand pounds to go how much of a difference to the family of Lee and, of course, his incredible daughters? Amelia won a glovey. You would have heard that for sending Darren Sal the wrong way on the <laughs> penalty spot. She won a glovey. She's very much entitled to it. It was a wonderful <laughs> penalty. She can play up front with Joe Quigley next season. We don't have a problem at all. And <laughs> so what, what difference do you think it will make to the family? Just that ease of, of knowing that they're taken care of for a little bit? Of course. It's massive to have that because, as you can imagine, Lee was a big financial resource for them and a father as well. And there's no, there's no plugging that hole that's going to be in their lives, but to sort of at least give it some cladding, give it some cover would be amazing. And whatever financial support we could offer them would be amazing. We want to hit 10,000. We want to hit more. We want to hit as much as we possibly can to support this family because it's the least we can do. It's the absolute least we can do for them. And yeah, say it's so important. So if you do have, spare change little or large it would be so so important if you could donate and it would mean the world to the football club and to lee's family yeah absolutely incredible i, I should say I, I think i think we should end this by giving a little um, um a mention to yeovil town supporters as a whole because it shouldn't be forgotten that of course uh, simon woodland who was nominated for a glovey um, yeah. raised i mean he topped six and a half thousand pounds on his uh, 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 incredible <laughs> 8,000 already in the in the current crowdfunder. Again, again, for the umpteenth time, Yeovil Town fans have really shown their true colours of being wonderful, wonderful support when they have been called upon. Yes, it's, it's just a testament to every single one of you listening, going to the ground every week. The support you've shown Lee's family has been amazing, spectacular, whatever superlative you want to use it's been an unbelievable few weeks just to see that grow and yeah it's been like I say I said earlier it's been a really emotional time and it has been but to have that support there from from the Yeovil family it's been it's been really heartwarming and that I think is a wonderful wonderful way to to end this podcast uh, we will of course we will of course pop on the uh, social medias and on the, the all the links all of those will be flooding us over the next uh, seven days as this crowdfunder comes to its natural conclusion if you have already contributed a genuine huge thank you if you can contribute it would be really really appreciated it is also appreciated sam that you've joined us on the glovers cast we've given the other lads a bit of time off and it's well deserved we've got some wonderful interviews coming up they've obviously already released the uh, graham roberts interview if you haven't listened to that wonderful chat with our former player and manager ben smith the journeyman who has already been interviewed i'm not entirely sure when the schedule says that's coming out but i've listened to the interview it is wonderful really really good chat and they're also having a conversation with a certain other player former player from 2004 some say harry kuehl dived over his leg 
I guess we'll hear what he has to say on the matter on the Glover's Cast in the very near future. Sam, thank you so much for making a second appearance on the Glover's Cast, mate. An absolute pleasure. Thank you. I look forward to um, making it my hat trick. Yeah, definitely. We'll get you booked in for the preseason. <laughs> Absolutely, we will. Sam, thank you so much. Listeners, thank you so much. Regular scheduled programming will return with Tweedledee and Tweedledum towards the back end of the week. But for now, thanks so much from the Glovers cast. That was class, mate. Thank you. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.